Come on, who's thankful today? Who's thankful today for a God that doesn't leave us alone? Don't be shy. I know you guys scream and yell and cheer during football games. How much more we get excited about what God is doing in our lives and the fact that he doesn't leave us alone in our despair. He doesn't leave us alone in our challenges. He doesn't leave us alone when we face obstacles that are bigger than ourselves. We have a God who is behind us. He's next to us. He's ahead of us. And he is with us, the God of the universe. Wrap your mind around that. He is with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere we go. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whatever is around that corner, God is there and he is with us. God, thank you that, that you never leave us nor forsake us, no matter how unfaithful we are at times, disobedient, stiff-necked we are at times. God, you pick us up off the ground and you dust us off and you call us your son and your daughter and you say, I love you. Thank you that you are our Father and that you fight our battles. And God, that we don't have to live this life alone. God, thank you for each person here. I pray that you would do something revolutionary in our hearts and minds today. May this not just be another Sunday where we come and go and check the box. May this be the one day that we put a stake in the ground and decide to follow you with passion and with fervor and with purpose. God, the battle is too big. The challenge is too, too difficult to go alone. God, bless this time together. God, I pray that you would do something special in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been in a series the last few weeks called Relational Glue. Everybody say relational glue. Good job. You're alive. You're awake this morning. <laughs> what a great time of worship together. Thanks, Troy and Mike, for leading us. Relational glue. Michael has been sharing a few words about what it means to live life in relationship with others. Life is all about relationships, isn't it? Um, life is all about being fully known and fully loved at the same time. Uh, I thought I'd get really vulnerable uh, for a second here. It's church, right? We got nothing to hide, right? So uh, I, I just want to let you guys know that uh, Lindsay and I are actually, maybe to your surprise, we are rich. We are actually extremely wealthy. Um, in fact, uh, I wanted to show you our, 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 our recent bank statement. You know, we're, we're all family here, right? So here's, here's a recent example of just how wealthy we are. Check it out. Yeah, it's not what you expected, right? I wasn't about to show you our bank account. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but we are extremely wealthy uh, because we have people in our lives, uh, like the Meisel family and the Metter family, who drive six hours to visit us in Virginia Beach. Now, they did that this past September. Uh, for a few days, and it was a great time together. These are people that we have been on a journey with over the last 10, 12 years. These are people that uh, we, we've had babies together. Uh, we've uh, we've uh, lost jobs and gotten jobs together. We've, uh, we've suffered together. We've celebrated together. We've babysat each other as kids. It's just been a community of people that God has blessed us with. And I can say to you that we are filthy rich. 
We are extremely wealthy relationally, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the people here at Spring Branch who have welcomed Lindsay and I with open arms and our kids, and we're dropping into a small group here in a couple weeks, and uh, we're just so thrilled uh, to be in relationship, to have some relational glue, if you will, here at Spring Branch. And, uh, you know, the, the reality is that uh, not all of us can say that we are relationally rich. You know, we live in a society, a culture that is all about pulling up your own bootstraps, right? It's this individualistic culture that says you can do it. You talk to Alexa, you talk to Google, you talk to Siri. You don't need anybody else, right? You have this digital friend that can do everything for you, right? That's the, that's the culture or society that we live in. Uh, and sometimes it, it's kind of frowned upon if you ask for advice, ask for help. It kind of appears unmacho or weak. Um, but we, we live in a place where it is way too difficult, way too challenging to fly solo. It really is. But for some reason, we think, oh, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, and I'm just going to go, and I'm just going to, I got the abilities, I got the talents, I got the education, I got the experience, I'm just going to go and do it myself. You know, a recent survey came out, a uh, 2018 survey, uh, and over half of America's population admitted to chronic loneliness, chronic loneliness. People admitted that they uh, oftentimes feel alone. They oftentimes feel like nobody knows them or nobody cares about them or they don't have people that are truly with them in life. Sad, isn't it? You know, in an age where we have hundreds of friends on Facebook, <laughs> we have uh, followers on Instagram, some of us are connected through social media to hundreds of people, and there's this, there's this kind of feeling that, yeah, I've, I've got people who know me. I'm connected to people. But at the end of the day, we're not deeply connected to a few people. And there's something about being deeply connected to a handful of people. That's how we're meant to live. Not spreading ourselves out thin, hundreds and hundreds of people. Not skimming the surface or being superficial with people, but really digging deep and having authentic relationships with a handful of people. That's how God meant for us to live, and I believe that 2019 can be different for you. Maybe it's a year uh, where you're, you're going to do something different. You're going to put a stake in the, right, in, the, in the ground and decide to live life in a deep way with a few people. My prayer is that you would rekindle and renew your resolve to dig deep with a handful of people, people who really love you, who really know you. Now, some of us uh, are, are already resisting this. You're like, Heath, I'm too busy. Uh, I tried that before, but I got hurt. I felt judged. I felt looked down upon. Um, you know, I, I was misunderstood. You know, I'm, and, and again, Heath, I'm, I'm way too busy. I don't have time for that. It's a priority. It has to be something intentional and purposeful that we do any given week to set aside time to just be with people and to ask those tough questions, to invest in others and allow them to invest in you. See, the reality is, is that we are stronger and better together. We are stronger and better together, aren't we? We're stronger and better together. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And all the women in the house said, amen, right? 
God said, I want to make a helper suitable for him, because left to his own vices, left by himself, good luck, buddy. We need helpers. We need companions. We need that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh person in our lives that can support us and care for us and compliment us and fill our gaps where, where we're weak. The Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. Genesis 2.18. You know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was a very rich man named Solomon. And he wrote this book called Ecclesiastes. And he, he basically talked about two kinds of people in the world. Two kinds of people. The first person, uh, he, he paints a portrait of in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 8. He says, a man lived all by himself. He didn't have any sons or brothers. His hard work never ended but he wasn't happy with what he had. Who am I working so hard for, he asked. Why don't I get the things I enjoy? That doesn't have any meaning either. In fact, it's a very bad deal, Solomon says. So here's this picture, here's this painting of this man who's just flying solo, he's just so focused on his business, his work, his vocation, he's going 100 miles an hour in the fast lane every day, climbing that corporate ladder. I can do this. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, I'm kicking butt and taking names, right? I'm building that wall of security as high as I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to achieve that mark, that number. And when I get to that number, I'm going to sit back on my lazy boy and say, I have arrived. But guess what? That number doesn't even exist. That wall will keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher. There will never be a moment where you're satisfied or fulfilled and you say, I have made it, I have achieved my mark. You'll never cross that finish line. More will never be, will never be enough. So here's this man, he's going 100 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. At the end of the day, he doesn't have any family around him. He doesn't have any friends around him. He comes home to an empty table. This is his life, and he looks back on his life, and he says, man, was all that worth it? This man was so preoccupied with going and going and going and doing and achieving and being successful in the world's eyes that he became relationally bankrupt. He was financially set, but he was relationally bankrupt. Are you relationally bankrupt? Are you so preoccupied with going and achieving and working and doing and doing and doing that you fail to just be, be in the presence of friends, in the presence of your family, and dig deep with each other and invest in others? What are you preoccupied with that is causing you to just push aside and give, give authentic community the stiff arm? What is that? It may be a good thing, right? Maybe a very good thing. But sometimes that good thing can become a God thing, if you know what I mean. It can replace God. God has to be the main thing in our lives. The, keep the main thing the main thing. And deep, authentic community is something that can easily be shoved aside because we're so preoccupied with doing and achieving and proving ourselves and performing to please others. So here's this first portrait of this man who's just flying solo. He's alone. And he looks back on his life and he's filled with regrets. He's filled with, ah, man, what was I doing? 
I forgot the most important thing in life is relationships. And he feels empty. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, Solomon says, two people are better than one. This is kind of the hinge between these two portraits. Between the man that's alone and flying solo and working so hard that he, uh, he forsakes the importance of relationships. And there's this second picture of what it's like to live in community, to live in authentic relationship with others. Two people are better than one. So you might ask, prove it, Solomon, prove it to us. And he says, all right, let's read together. Suppose either of them falls down, verse 10. Suppose either either of them falls down, then the one can help the other one up. But suppose a person falls down and doesn't have anyone to help them up. Then feel sorry for that person. So back then, you didn't have any cars. You didn't have a really cool 1997 Forerunner with a spare tire on the front. All right, that's my dream car. I'm living the dream. Um, You can't buy it. Sorry, it's mine. Uh, No cars back then, no automobiles. You walked wherever you went. Oftentimes the roads were very narrow and there were cliffs on either side. So Solomon's saying, don't travel alone. Because if you fall, there's nobody there to help pick you up. Now, how sorry would that be? There'd be no one there to pick you up if you fell down. Who are you traveling with? Who are you traveling with? This journey is too treacherous. It's too difficult to travel alone, isn't it? I mean, how many of us have experienced heartache? How many of us have experienced tragedy? How many of us have experienced disappointment and discouragement in life? How many of us have faced mountains that are just too steep to climb by ourselves? How many of us have have encountered a very narrow road where it just feels like every step you could very easily fall and stumble? Who are you traveling with? Set aside your pride. Set aside your pride and admit to your need for community, for relationships. If you fell down, who is going to pick you up? And if you're in community, how cool is it that you get to pick somebody else up if they fall down? Or a second hazard is uh, suppose two people lie down together, then they'll keep warm. But how can one person keep warm alone? So spooning is biblical, basically, is the meaning behind this passage. Um, so it's okay to spoon with uh, your loved one, if you have one. Um, two people lie down together, they'll keep warm. So hypothermia is basically what he's talking about here. Man, if you're, if you're traveling alone, you could fall down. He's like going to all the extremes. If you could fall down, as the night goes on, the temperatures drop. And we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. It's like 65 degrees one day, then like 30, to 30 degrees, a high temperature the next day. You could get hypothermia, you could fall down. Who's there to keep you warm? Think of this. Think of two, two coals, two coals that are heated up, right? And the closer they are together, the more they can generate that heat and that warmth. But as soon as you separate those two coals, they do what? They're extinguished. When they're separated, there's not enough heat on their own for them to survive, they die out. 
Are you with me? We need the warmth of community. We need the warmth of relationship. We need the passion and the zeal and the fire of other people to stir up our, our zeal, right, and our passion for the Lord. We need others to inflame us, right, to fire us up. I mean, how many of you have been in a, in, a, in a cold place? How many of you have been in a dry place or a dark place, and you've had other people come alongside you and say, hey, I'm with you. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but keep going. Keep going. God is with you. God is for you. God's given you strength. How many of you have experienced the strength and the warmth of other people in your life? When left on your own, man, how are you going to make it on your own? First two hazards. You could fall down. You could fall off the edge of a cliff. You could get hypothermia. The third hazard is in verse 12. One person could be overpowered, but two people can stand up for themselves. You could be attacked. Back then, there were people just waiting and lurking around the corner, waiting to just mug you and take you out. And how many of you have felt attacked? It's a dark time in your life. It's a difficult challenge in your life, and you felt attacked, maybe by the evil one. It's a spiritual battle out there, isn't it? And sometimes the evil one can attack you with doubts. How many of you have been overcome with doubts and fears? We need the warmth and the power of community to remind us who we are in Christ. We need people around us that can pick us up and dust us off and say, keep going, you got this, God is with you. The relationships we build when nothing goes wrong are the ones that sustain us when everything goes wrong. The relationships we build when nothing goes wrong are the ones that sustain us when everything is going wrong. And all of a sudden, something happens. And there have been times in my life where I, I, I haven't been faithful in investing in a few people. And when that happened, I felt alone in my struggle. But there have been other times in my life where I've done a good job investing in people, even in the mundane season, and then that thing that goes wrong around the corner, ah, have you been there? You've got that people around you who, were, who you were journeying with, who you, who you were investing in, who, were, who you were building into along the way, and they're with you. And they're dropping off meals at your house, and they're praying with you, and they're encouraging you, and they're holding you up, even in that season where, you're, where, where you feel like you could be torn down. You've got that other person. You've got that handful of people that, can, that you've invested in, and you're investing in them, and that is what life is all about because we don't know the hazards that lurk around the corner. When nothing goes wrong, may we still invest in a handful of people. May we still dig deep in an authentic, life-giving relationship with others. Because you know what? There will be a time where everything goes wrong. Ecclesiastes 4.12, Solomon says, And a rope made out of three cords isn't easily broken. You may have received a small rope on the way in that you've been uh, f fidgeting with over the last few minutes. Um, Solomon breaks it down like this. He says, he says, invite others into your life. Be intentional. Be purposeful. No matter how busy you are, set aside this time, Monday nights, like Kevin said, and just be purposeful about, I need these relationships. But that community 
we can hang out with anybody, right? We can hang out with people Friday night, Saturday night. We're always around people. But I'm talking about a whole other level of relationship here. I'm talking about a community that is fixed on the love of Jesus, a community that together is like-minded in their pursuit of Jesus because Jesus is that third strand. God is that third strand of your rope. Think of it this way. Together we are a rope. Together we are a rope. Alone we are a string. Alone we are a string. Together we are rope. Where are you? Who are you? Which life is yours? The one that's built on a string or the one that's built on a rope? Are you living life on one strand? Are you living life with a bunch of strands together? I don't know about you, but I want this one. Because I don't know what lurks around the corner. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. I don't know about you, but I want to have some insurance. Anybody got some life insurance in here, some fire insurance in here, some health insurance in here? We spend a lot of money on that. And when something happens, you're kind of glad you got insurance, right? How much more do we need people insurance? We need relationship insurance. We need people that just in case will be there when everything is going wrong. Are you a rope? Is your life a rope or is it built on the fragility and the weakness of a string? Guys, don't waste any more time living life alone. Your potential is greatly limited as an individual if you're trying to fly solo. But your potential shoots right through this roof when you surround yourself with people who love you and care about you, who are supporting you, who are building into you. And in a community that is like-minded in their pursuit of Jesus, the third strand. A few weeks ago, we heard from Lenan. Lenan, uh, she was invited into a small group by her friend Adele. And through this, through this community, she came to know the Lord. She came to, uh, to discover a relationship with Jesus, that third strand. She was living life on a string, but then she discovered a rope. And she expressed in, her, in the video how thankful she was that when her cancer came, she had a group of people around her to pray for her. She said, I've never experienced something like that before. People gathered around me and prayed for me. And that was amazing. That was life-changing for her. She experienced a rope. A cord of three strands is not so easily broken. And the next week we heard from Jeff. Jeff shared about the challenges of, of being a dad, of teenagers. And, 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 and then he talked about he talked about blessing this other family that had experienced a tragedy and just the opportunity to, 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 to come around that family and be a rope for them. And then Natalie, last week, she opened up the video and she expressed, she expressed uh, her, her thankfulness for Hallie and her small group because she, she had a miscarriage. She lost a baby. But she had a rope of people. She had a cord of three strands and she had people dropping off meals for her, praying for her, building uh, she and her husband up in love and encouragement. She was so thankful that she hadn't been a string. She was so thankful that she had a rope of support, a foundation in her life. 
Are you a string or are you a rope? Are you a rope? Jesus says in John 13, 34, he says, I give you a new command, Spring Branch. Love one another. You must love one another just as I have loved you. How has God loved you, by the way? Have you forgotten that? God has loved you unconditionally. No strings attached. No pun intended. God has loved you and accepted you just the way you are, ultimately coming to this world and dying on the cross for you, laying down his life for you. While we were still enemies of him, while we turned our back on him and and stiff-necked and stubborn, trying to lead our life by ourselves, he came to us and he demonstrated perfect, flawless love by laying down his life for us, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we couldn't earn it. As I have loved you, you must love one another. You must lay down your lives for your brother, your sister. Guys, his strategy, his strategy for changing the world, for growing this church, for growing his kingdom, his strategy is not a string. His strategy is a rope. His strategy is an authentic Christian community, a group of believers, a group of people coming together crying together, celebrating together, a group of people serving one another, loving one another. And we see this all throughout the scriptures, encouraging one another, comforting one another, carrying each other's burdens. How many of us need that today? Confessing our sins to one another, building each other up in love, and praying for one another. Who's your one another in your life? Who are the people who you can experience these one another's in your life? Who are you traveling with? Who are you hiking this journey with? Don't go another day on a string. Commit today. Draw a line in the sand today. Put a stake in the ground today that you will choose to live life in community that you will choose to be known, no matter how scary that is, that you will experience the love of Christ through other people, that you will experience that third strand in your life. Whatever it takes, turn off the TV, turn off your phone, work less, put it on your calendar. Maybe it's a small group of other people in your age and stage of life a group of people that can look you in the eye and tell you that they love you, that they care about you, no matter what, they've got your back. Life is about relationships. Life is about the beauty and the benefit of relationships, relationships that are centered and founded on the love of Christ. Who are you traveling with? Live life on a rope. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, um, to show us how to love others, serve others, carry others, confess to others, build up others, pray for others. God, life isn't about our individual pursuits. 
and our individual agendas. May we stop the rat race and may we race towards you and towards deep, sincere, authentic relationships. May we be relationally rich. God, if there's people in this room right now who are relationally bankrupt, Lord, I pray that they would take first a step towards you today, God. Maybe there's people in this room that don't know you, that don't know the richness of a relationship with you, Jesus. They've been living on one strand, or maybe two strands. God, I pray for the hearts right now in this room to surrender to you. And if you're in this room right now and you, you feel your heart beat and you feel that tap on your shoulder, I pray right now that you'd make this decision. Don't put it off another day. Pray with me, God, I want to follow you. I surrender my life to you and your love. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry for trying to live my life by myself. God, I need you, and I need community. I need others to help me, to support me. Life's too hard. I invite you, and I invite others into my life. May we live life on a rope. May we live life with the strength and the comfort and encouragement and love of others. God, thank you that you travel with us, you go with us every day, and we pray all this in the beautiful, majestic, awesome name of Jesus.